Welcome to the podcast, Love, Transform, Restore. This is Charles Prince, minister of the Lyman Church of Christ in Lyman, Colorado, and the host of this podcast. And a very special welcome to all as this is our season finale. I stand before the crowd, listening for my name. They shall be crucified, this man is who to blame. Knowing what I deserve, they free me from my chains. I turn to see his wretched face. I did not know it was his. season finale and can't believe that this is already um the 13th episode can't believe it it really does not feel like that i've been doing it that long but you know that's about two and a half months and that's very remarkable to think about but i just want to say a big thank you to all of you uh definitely want to give god the glory and allowing me the opportunity to get this done and to be able to build upon getting out, getting the word out, building an audience and being able to spread the gospel to as many people as possible and also to help us as Christians grow closer to God and go and grow closer to each other. And what we will be doing, which it, this will not be for this episode, but for future season finales, what we will do is we're going to answer questions from the audience. And what we'll do is we'll make I'll make mentions of this on the Facebook page and on the Instagram page to get questions to come in and try to answer um, three questions at a time. 
and I know three might not seem like a lot, but I don't want to rush through the questions. I want to spend a good amount of time looking at the questions, looking at the answers, and turning to the Word of God and seeing what God's Word has to say on the matter. So we're going to be doing that, and depending on the volume of questions we get, it might be more than just a season finale thing. So if we do get a ton of questions, we just might start it with the season finale for season two, and then we might go into season three finishing answering questions or um, designate a couple episodes during the season to answer questions and then we just do something different for each season finale um covet your prayers me and my wife will be traveling later on this evening to go to georgia for a couple of weeks and so um with that there won't be a podcast during those two weeks and as i mentioned previously I didn't mean to coincide us going to Georgia in our two-week hiatus between seasons but it just happened to work out like that however I will be putting out some new content not in relation to the podcast that I will be putting out while I'm in Georgia pretty excited to have that released and launched and one other thing I do want to mention we have a number of people that have been wanting to listen to the podcast but may not know how to find it. Um, It's not exactly the easiest thing to find if you are not used to using technology or if you're not used to having a device that has um, podcast capabilities already loaded on there. For instance, me being an iPhone user, uh, iOS user, I have the podcast app automatically on my phone and so it's pretty easy to go to the Apple Podcasts um, store and or not store but the I Apple Podcast collection. I think that's the proper term for it. Had to think about that for a minute. But I'm able to go there pretty easily and I also have Spotify on my phone and I do on occasion have the other apps that the podcast is downloaded on just to see how they look and make sure all the information is being passed on from my host app onto those other ones. But as I mentioned, it may not always be easy for someone to find the podcast. So I decided that after each season is completed, um, episodes 1 through 13, or easier said, easier way of saying that, season 1 will be uploaded to YouTube. And so we'll have that available. And this is not to undervalue or undermine the um, importance of the podcast. It's the reason why I'm waiting till season one to upload all of these. But this is um, a venue, I this is messages I want to get out to everybody. So even if someone is not able to find it on podcasts they should be able to find it on youtube and so that's the hope because we don't want to keep these messages limited but want to get it out there for everyone to hear and for everyone to take advantage of not just um my podcast but the number of podcasts that are out there and available so what we're going to be talking about um today we're going to be discussing something that i think we need to take in consideration as time progresses throughout the year and throughout our lives. And I'm not going to 
hound or chase after this rabbit anymore this season because when I talk about this topic, I'm sure social media is one of the first things that come to mind, but I don't want to talk about social media right now. Uh, matter of fact, that's something I think that should be covered in its own topic on its own in a completely different uh, di completely different season, which obviously, because this is the last episode of this season. However, I want us to focus on Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Verses 13 through 16, that's going to be our primary focus today because there's some things in here that I've noticed when going over these verses in this passage that didn't really stick out to me. And what I mean by not really stick out to me, like I've read it and I've understood what it was saying. But when you think more in more in depth of what Christ is mentioning here on what we call the Sermon on the Mount, we are realizing that there is something quite amazing about verses 13 through 16. First, Let's look and break down verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. We read that and we think to ourselves, okay, we're the salt of the world. You know, we have a purpose of being of Christ and being that salt of the world. But sometimes we, at least in my case, I don't pay too much attention to that last part. It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That's a pretty significant thing Christ is saying here. Because so often we think of what he's, the imagery he's using of salt and thrown out is just being trampled under people's feet. But he's comparing the worthlessness of salt that has lost its flavor and lost its taste to those of us who are no longer have that flavor inside of us, have that taste within us. That speaks pretty high volumes because so often we see numerous times of how Christ thinks about us and thinks about those that are called his own. But we also, and keeping in mind, it's important to realize the good things he thinks about us. But we must also realize that Christ is one who expects certain things of us. So it should not be surprising that he does compare a salt that has lost its taste, being thrown out and trampled by men, by people's feet, to 
you know, comparing, you know, and using that imagery in the Christian that has lost its salt, has lost its saltiness. And what's interesting in verse 13, it, you know, it asks the question after it talks about, um, he asks the question, if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? And that's a, it's a pretty powerful thing because he's saying that, well, once salt no longer has that use, it's good for nothing. Now, good thing is we can be able to be restored. However, however, that's something we have to keep in mind too, is that salt can't be restored, but we can. So which means that maybe we need to change out the salt, figuratively speaking. Perhaps we need to get some fresh salt in us and get some fresh energy in us and able to do the things that God wants us to do because so often we may, and this could be a number of reasons, could have lost its taste because we've fell to the world or we let the world consume us or could have lost its taste because we've done so much and we have been drained so much that we have nothing left to give and we end up not having anything to give to the Lord. And so we have that responsibility to ensure that we are being renewed and that we're constantly feeding on the nourishment. Because sometimes, and again, this is for me and I think many of you can probably have the same comparison for me, but sometimes my um, activity outlast my nourishment for instance i could eat a good breakfast and a good lunch and i'm sure some of you listening to this who know me the first thing you're probably thinking of is get out of here with that we know you don't eat breakfast and i don't <laughs> i usually don't eat breakfast not a good habit to have definitely something i need to work on but um but in the rare instances that i do eat breakfast and you know, and have lunch, which usually don't skip lunch, but, you know, I usually, lunch is my first meal of the day, and, uh, and I don't like to admit that, but that's just the truth, but even when I eat breakfast, the activity that I'm doing throughout the day will outlast my nourishment. I start to feel hungry, and the thing that's intriguing is, is that if we're nearby, or if it's convenient, we might go and snack on something maybe something to hold us over until the next meal you know we have those things that we have those uh those uh habits we have of you know get a little snack here or there or in some instance some people might just drink water to try to um get that you know, knock out a little bit of that hunger pain but we but the purpose i'm getting at is unless you're fasting you're not going to ignore that pain because you have outlast your nourishment. So if we understand that, then we must also understand that we can become spiritually malnourished as well. We have to keep being renewed and restored. Verses like Romans 12, 1 and 2, which I'll read real quick. If you want to turn to that, you can pause for a minute. 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that is a powerful thing, you know, and realizing we are a living sacrifice, you know, holy and acceptable to God, and that we are not to be conformed to this world. You know, the world is constantly wanting us to conform to them. Every day, it seems like I am finding someone who is trying to tell Christians that this is the way you ought to be. Now, do not misunderstand me. This is not knocking the people who are not religious, because there are some atheists that I know that know way more Bible than most of us preachers do. And they bring up legitimate points on stuff that we might not be preaching on or stuff that um, we might not be doing. Or some of it might be taken out of context and some of it is stuff that's being brought up that's good. So I'm not talking about those individuals, but I'm talking about those that have barely ever picked up a Bible, if they ever had. And they will have, you know, they will have a field day going through what you know, in their mind, what Christ would do or um, what you should do as a Christian. And so, and the thing is, a lot of the things they say don't jive with scripture. They don't, they don't have that connection with scripture. And in all fairness, because I don't want to just make it seem like I'm picking on them. There's times that we as Christians will adhere to things that we also cannot find in scripture. So I'm not trying to pick on one side or the other, but mainly about, I do want to focus on those in the world is that they want us to conform so bad. And we have to be careful because in the church, there's the temptation to conform to the world and to God. But the reason why God calls for us to be a living sacrifice because you get the idea that when the Holy Spirit reveals in this verse about us being a living sacrifice, well, guess what? While we're on this earth, while we're on this earth, we are living. So the fact that we are living means that our life is entirely is entirely devoted to God Almighty. It's devoted to Him and Him alone. So that is something we have to keep in mind. It's devoted to him. So which means that if it's fully devoted to him, then we cannot be conformed to this world because it's can't it can't be done. We cannot be conformed to this world. We have a responsibility to ensure that we have not conform to this world, but that we are of God, we belong to God, and that we cannot compromise that. Matter of fact, in the next chapter, chapter 6, Christ makes it clear that no one can serve two masters over in verse 24 of Matthew 6. No one can serve two masters. And I love what he says here, for either he will hate the one and love the other, 
or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. So there's no middle ground here. So when Romans 2, 1 and 2 tells us to be that living sacrifice and to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed, to be transformed and, you know, by the renewal and the renewing of our minds. And that is a very important thing and keeping renewed and keeping fresh. And so realizing that sometimes we will spend that energy and we need to keep our nourishment up. Now, the sad thing is there are some who will have completely let their salt run out, regardless whether they spent it or they've got fall back in the world or whatever the case, and they will never replace it. They will just simply be as good as the salt that has lost its taste and it's just to be thrown out and to be trampled. And as we continue on, verse 14 of Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. We read through this pretty easily and we'll make the comparison about a city being on a hill and, and, um, you know, it's hard to hide that and, you know, you can't hide something that's high up above everything else and focus on the fact that we are indeed the light of the world and that light, which is Christ within us. But there's one word, actually three words I want to focus on in verse 14. And it's at the end of verse 14. Cannot be hidden. You ever notice that? A lot of times we'll say, well, you, you know, we'll might quickly say, yeah, it's hard to hide a city on a hill or, you know, it's like that's a great task to be able to hide something that's that high up above everyone. But a lot of times we don't realize Christ said a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So what does that mean? That means that with Christ being our light, we don't have a choice. We cannot be hidden. Now, does the world get to us as we talked in, about in the previous verse and also in Romans 12, 1 and 2? Oh, yeah. The world can get to us. It can take away and dim our light. However, even though it might dim our light... And might make us more susceptible to falling into the world. We have to let our light shine. Which we'll get into that wording in the next couple of verses in a minute. But one thing I find intriguing. Again, you know, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. But if we're not to be hidden. That means Christ expects boldness. From us he expects us to be bold and that is something we don't like to think about because we have gotten so used to wanting to conform to the world and to God that we forget that Christ is telling us no you don't have a choice you don't get to hide a city, on, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So guess what? You can't be hidden either. So which means that any attempt we have to hide our light is sinful. 
Now, I want to make myself clear. I know some will say, well, Brother Prandio, you were, what about um, going out and making a scene? You know, it's like, that's not, you know, always, that's not the best way to do it. And, and, you know, when I say not hide our light, I'm not talking about going out and picking fights with people or picking arguments with people and just constantly causing trouble. That's not what I'm getting at. But I want us to focus on a little more subtle things. You know, you're at work and I know this sounds, uh, might sound a little unrealistic coming from me, but um, I did used to work in a secular job before I preached, but... And I will say this, I don't like to say this, but I'll admit it. I am the person in this story. Going to work and a Christian topic comes up or something about Christ or God comes up. It is not uncommon that I would sometimes hear a co-worker make a snide comment about Christianity about Christ, you know, about God and, you know, any of those topics or make snide comments. And then everyone will break out and start saying all these bad things and whatnot. And guess what? You know, you know what high school self me did? I kind of, you know, just streaked away. You know, I didn't really want to say anything because I did not want to stand out. And looking back on that and sticking to myself, what am I doing trying to conform to the world? And yes, you know, I don't, I, I'm not saying I should have gone to the extreme and start getting angry and upset and, and start, you know, demonizing people. But can you imagine how many great opportunities I could have had to show them that, hey, um, I hear what you guys are saying. And I just want to take this opportunity to say that what you're saying is wrong, you know, I'm a follower of Christ. I believe in the very Christ that you're making fun of. And I just want to say that if you guys got any questions or anything, because I think you're getting a lot of wrong information, but if you got any questions, hit me, you know, and if I don't know it, I'll get back with you. And they might laugh at you and whatnot, but believe it or not, You'll have that one person that was laughing at you that will come back later and ask you a question. And that happened later on in my life when I wised up a little better about that. But just little things like that, because we we claim all the time or read all the time Romans 1, 16, when Paul making that powerful statement through inspiration, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know, hey, I am not ashamed. And then... We're ashamed, we're not ashamed of anything except of Christ. For us Christians, you can have someone insult your favorite TV show, your favorite movie, or someone or some company or studio could mess up a movie or franchise you absolutely love, in which, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong getting upset with that. And But the point I'm trying to bring out is, 
we get so upset with that and we'll say, I can't believe that they've done this. I'm ashamed to call myself a fan of this or a fan of that or I can't believe that I came from this school because of what they are now doing or what they have done in the past. But when it comes to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden it's silence. Politicians on either side of the aisle, someone posts something negative about them. Boy, the attacks come in hard, but you don't see that same kind of energy when Jesus Christ is attacked, when our beliefs are under fire. And it's not to say that we should have that same tenacity that many people get when they get political because that drives people away. But can you imagine if we have that love to say, you know, that when someone is mocking us or persecuting us or, or, um, Someone who's, uh, you know, saying that, you know, young people just don't, you know, not interested in religion and everything. You know, we get upset. We get angry at the world. But what, what have we taken the time to say, you know what? Just like that city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'm the light of the world. This sounds like a job for the gospel of Christ. Not to cower away. Or to sit and moan on social media about how bad things are getting. And we have not done anything to reach a single soul of the gospel of Christ. Let us dare. Let us not dare. Go and say how bad this world is. If we have not made an attempt to even talk to our neighbor about the gospel of Christ. And I want to continue on uh, verse 15 and 16 and reread those verse 15. Talk about that a little bit and verse 16, because both all of these tie in, but especially these last two. Um, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. So the purpose that he's getting at is is again he's trying to say that the light has a purpose you know there is no such thing as you turning on in our case turning on but for them you know lighting a light and hiding it you know you don't hide a light because the whole purpose of a light is to show the way or to get rid of the darkness and so the and for the darkness to be gone so that so I was saying is why extinguish your own light? That doesn't make sense in the literal sense. So why would we do that in the spiritual sense as well? And verse sixteen in the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing, isn't it? Christ tells us not to, you know, a city can't be, cannot be hidden. You know, people don't light a lamp and put it under a basket. And he's saying, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Verse 16, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this before we conclude this, conclude today. How many good works are people seeing of us? And this is an honest question. And this is a question I think we really need to dig down and ask ourselves. 
are people seeing our good works? And I want us to keep in mind, we should let people see the very best of us and avoid them seeing the very worst of us. Because you know how human psyche works. No matter how much good you do, a human brain is going to remember the negative more poignantly than they are the positive. And that's a very unfortunate thing, but that's the world we live in. We should be of good reputation. We should be of such good works that people will give glory to the Father and they are attracted to the light. Now, this doesn't mean that us doing these things, everyone is going to be accepting of it or everyone is going to stop saying things. No, there's still going to be those in darkness who want nothing to do with that and will do anything to snuff out the light. So we got to keep that keep those thoughts in mind but we have to realize that people see in our good works and this is something i want to bring up how many times have we seen arguments and fights break out break out over facebook or twitter and half of the fights you're thinking to yourself shouldn't this be done in private like What's the purpose of this? Have we not, have we completely forgot Matthew 18 about go to your brother alone? It seemed like that's something we've forgotten a lot, but we put on blast for everyone on Facebook to see. But we have to realize, people see this. This is a reflection of what they think Christianity is. So we have to be careful. And I'm not suggesting we be fake. You know, if problems do arise, I'm not saying that we pretend we don't have problems. But at the same time, if we're going to solve problems just like the world solves problems, then don't expect the world to be conformed to Christ when the church has not conformed to, when the church itself has not conformed to Christ either. So that's something important to think about. Don't expect them to change if we're going to show that we are no better than those in the world. So keep that attitude in mind that we set, a, we have a light before us. It shines. People need to see our good work so they know that they're is something better than this world. And they can only see it if we are willing to let our light shine and not hide it. And one other point I do want to bring up real quick is sometimes we don't intentionally hide our light. Sometimes the world sneaks in and it snuffs out our light. We got to be careful. That's the reason why it's important. We keep Romans 12, 1 and 2 in mind, that renewal of our spirits. We got to renew it. We got to constantly be feeding and nourishing it. So we need to keep that thought in mind. And again, I appreciate all of you for tuning in these past uh, 13 weeks. I can't believe it. This is, uh, you know, guys have been pretty good and continue to share these. And um, 
And again, I'm going to be launching something new, not related to the podcast, but kind of a replacement for my old timeout Monday that I did back at Ninth Street. And also, um, as I mentioned, season one will be posted on YouTube um, later on this week. So keep that in mind. And you all have been absolutely amazing and wonderful. And um, there's this before we conclude this episode and we go on our two-week hiatus i just want to give special thanks to um to a few a couple of people but before i give thanks to those couple of people i especially want to give thanks and glory to god again because without him this would not be possible and i'm just so thankful that I've had the opportunity to do this and I pray that it will grow and it will continue to grow and get better and better as far as the quality of the podcast itself and the reach and getting out into the audience and so and so, which second I want to give a special thanks to uh, the members of the Lyman Church of Christ they were very supportive of me getting this podcast started. Uh, matter of fact, um, you know, one thing I absolutely love um, when I was starting, when I was getting this podcast started, or when I was trying to get it started, I had so much issues with my microphone, and which I did not realize till later on that um, the problem was that it wasn't charged. I um, thought that it got. I don't know. I'm not even going to, I can't even explain what I was thinking with this, but I was pretty much thinking that it was working a different way or worked like a previous microphone that I had. So, but before it came to that realization, you know, I had gotten a tablet slash laptop, one of those uh, cheap ones, thinking that maybe I need a different computer because the one computer I do have, um, the one laptop I have, the microphone jack doesn't work so i mean the headphone jack doesn't work so i just assumed the microphone jack didn't work in it either and plus i wasn't getting no feedback but it was hard to tell whether it was the laptop picking up or the microphone so when i was trying to figure this out um you know crystal one of our members you know she came to me and saying i got an extra kindle fire you could use maybe that will work and you know that was such an amazing and sweet gesture because it, you know is this not you know, just not used to the fact of someone who, you know, not just someone, but a congregation that's wanting me to succeed through, which I know God is the one who is giving me this, but to have a congregation to support the work that I want to do is just absolutely mind boggling. So, you know, special thanks to Crystal. And, you know, without her, I definitely would not have gotten the first podcast, first few podcasts actually off of the ground. So that's been a tremendous, tremendous help with that. And third, I want to give special thanks again to Noah McDonald. Um, if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, Noah McDonald, um, is one of the writers for the song of the theme song of this podcast, Love of Transform Restore. Um, the song he's written, Song of Barabbas, beautiful, gorgeous song. Again, I encourage you to search the song on YouTube and not only the listen to it fully without um, me interrupting the song, but also in the description in the video. They have links, uh, Dropbox, Dropbox links 
to the sheet music and PowerPoint slides of the song. Strongly encourage you to download it. And I do um, want to teach Lyman the Lyman Congregation the song and hopefully teach some other people the song as well. It's not too often that we have um, songs coming out by members of the church, uh, especially in the mainstream fashion like this. And, and so I just... I'm just so appreciative of him and and those who had worked on the song as well, you know, giving me permission to use this as my theme. I think it's pretty cool and it's pretty awesome and so thankful to God for the opportunity to be able to not only and to help my podcast reach, but also it with this venue as well, get people more familiar with this song because it is a beautiful song and I think it's got a beautiful message to it. If you're listening to this and realizing that you don't have Christ in your life, that it's hard to be that light when you don't have that light. If you're a penitent believer willing to confess that Christ is the Son of God, being baptized for the remission of your sins, if you have done that, but you've let the world snuff out that light, you let Satan snuff that light out, I encourage you, get that light back on. It's something that we need to have on all the time it's not easy we will fail it the light can will grow dim and sometimes the light will be snuffed out completely but it's what we do afterwards that is so important so please keep the light going even when it seems like all hope is lost you know this has been amazing i'm so thankful for everyone and for the podcast here and again hiatus for two weeks we'll be back um we'll be back on tuesday march 24th so you all have a good rest of your week good rest next two weeks and we'll see y'all we'll see y'all soon and to god be the glory upon your name for you